Well, happy Mother's Day. So how many of you had a mom? Raise your hands. Okay, I think that makes all of us. Today we want to honor those women who gave us life, but not just them. At Grace, I want to honor all women. You Women, you make the world a better place, whether you happen to have children at this point or not. And so guys, would you stand with me and let's give the ladies in our life a huge round of applause. They deserve it. We thank you, and we have a little gift for all of you ladies as you leave today that uh, will be out as you walk into the breezeway this morning. I don't know if you were able to relate to that video when it comes to your mom. I certainly did. That whole line about sit up straight, that totally came out of my mom's playbook. I don't know how many times I heard that one. But I just want to shout out to my mom this morning. I know she's listening. Probably by this afternoon, she'll be listening to this message to see what, what I happen to be saying and if it's correct or not. So mom, I love you. Thank you for being a great mom. Ladies, this message today is dedicated to you, but it will apply to all of us, men and women. This series that we're going through is about relationships, and it's about protecting ourselves from unhealthy and destructive ones. And we're doing this because what really matters the most in life are relationships, aren't they? At the end of your life, when, maybe when you're dying in bed, you won't, my guess is you won't be wishing that you had made just a little bit more money or that you had climbed a little bit higher on the corporate ladder. You won't wish that you had a little bit more time to clean your house or a little bit more time to pour into a hobby. Yet for each one of us, if we're not careful, we can spend so much time on those things at the expense of relationships, can't we? I titled this message this morning, Choose to Cheat, because here's the cold, hard truth. When it comes to time, we're all cheaters. You are, I am, every one of us. We're cheaters. We're all cheaters. We cheat those that we love sometimes the most. We live in a world today, and I bet you would, this would resonate with you. We live in a world today unlike any other time in human history, where there is just so many things that are pressing on our time, trying to find a little bit more of our time, right? We, it's literally like we're trying to hold the world back sometimes, and we can't help it. So every day, you choose to cheat. The only consolation about that is that at least you get to choose who you cheat, Today, ladies and guys, I want to ask you to figure out during this message who it is that you might be cheating and if you're okay with that. You know, there are a lot of things that we can get more of in this life. We can get more education. We can make more money. But the one thing we can't get more of is time. Isn't that true? No matter how smart, no matter how capable you are, you can't manufacture more than 24 hours in a day. If you figure that out, please let me know. In video games, you can uncover secrets and bonuses to get more time. But in the game of life, it doesn't work that way, does it? How many of you would honestly say that time is never a challenge for you? You have plenty of time in life and then some. Raise your hands. Now, I didn't think I'd see any hands this morning. If so, I was going to put a volunteer card in your hands before you got out of here. <laughs> You know, truly, there are too many things that are hitting us and bombarding us in life. Too many people want our time and our energy, way more than we have to give. 
in a day. So we cheat. We cheat our spouse, or we cheat our kids, or our friends, or our church, or our boss, or ourselves. We can, as we try, as we cut out personal hobbies or distractions to be able to give more time to others. But we're cheating someone each and every day. Our time is limited, so we have to hurt. We have to disappoint some people sometimes. It's not that we need more discipline or organization. It's not that we haven't figured out the perfect schedule yet. Or that others are necessarily being unreasonable. But if you aren't intentional about who you choose to cheat, I promise you this, you will always run to the squeakiest wheel, whether it's your boss or someone else. And that may or may not be the person that you care about the most. Some of us these days, we work so much that we have in this, our society what is now called a work spouse. Have you heard of this? Someone at work that you spend as much time with as your family and you start to bond or confide in them a little bit too much. There was a survey that just came out that NBC News just released just a few days ago about business professionals. And based on that definition, they found that 70% of business professionals in the United States today have a work spouse. 70%. There's more information about this in your online sermon notes this morning at gracetucson.org slash Bible. Now, maybe you're here today and you're constantly working late at the office or you're letting work spill over into the home. And you know, it's easy to blame your job or your boss. But it's not your boss's fault for getting as much out of you as he or she possibly can. You can even work for yourself and still have this same issue, right? You can be a stay-at-home parent and your life be dictated by all the tasks to be done at home. What happens is that this is what happens when we don't set good boundaries in our lives. Now, maybe this isn't a problem for you because work is where you really want to spend your time. It's where you want to put your focus. Maybe you're single today and you're in that season of life where you can do that. And that I'm not, I just want to make clear this morning, I'm not judging you at all. I'm just simply wanting you to ask yourself the question, who are you cheating? Whether it's yourself or someone else, who are you cheating? And are you okay with that? That's all that I'm asking this morning as we go through this. This message this morning. But look, because listen, when we're cheating those that we love, it's, it's like a heavy weight that we ask them to carry. Let, let me paint a picture for this, of this for you if I can. Josh, would, would you come up here for just a minute? Would, would you give Josh a hand? Now, J- Josh, you're a really good friend, and I, I want to ask a favor of you if I can this morning. I want to pretend, just for the sake of this illustration, that you're my wife. Not a very attractive one, I would say, but we'll, we'll deal, okay? Now, I'll, as, since you are my wife, I just want to share with you. You know what? I've been ha- there are times when I'm just carrying a lot of weight at work. And there are times when I will put some more weight on my spouse than I should. And so this morning, I want to ask a favor for you for maybe just like five minutes. I want to ask you to hang on to this weight for me. Can you do that? It's only 35 pounds. Just hang on to it. Just kind of hang out there for a minute. And here's what I want to ask you to do. I just want you to hold on to it. 
you can switch hands if you need to, but just don't drop it, okay? And, and don't sit down. And here's what I want you guys to be thinking about. As you see Josh up here on the side of the stage, picture Josh as that person that you love. That person that you care about more than anyone else in this world. And the stuff in your life that gets in the way of that relationship is this weight. Maybe for you it's a hobby because you're retired. Maybe for you it's your job. I don't know what it is. But think about that for just a moment. And I'm going to get back to you in maybe like five minutes, okay? So just kind, of, just kind of hang out there for a moment. I want to ask you guys to join me in this by turning with me to Daniel chapter 1 in your Bibles. Daniel chapter 1 in the Old Testament. By the way, as you're turning there, let me, I just want to also give credit to Pastor Andy Stanley in Atlanta. He wrote a book which was really influential to me in addition to the book of Daniel called When Work and Family Collide and was a great resource to me as I was thinking through how to prepare this message this morning. You know, Daniel was a man, a young man who loved God and he was a slave in Babylon. Now, Daniel, what we find out from the very beginning of the book was that he was from nobility. He was from a noble line and he was gifted with knowledge and good judgment. So the king, when King Nebuchadnezzar took all the slaves from Israel to be his, or all the people from Israel to be his slaves, he kind of set Daniel and a few others aside to be in his royal service. And because they were in his royal service, here's what Daniel got that the other slaves didn't get. He got three years education on the literature and the language of Babylon. And he also got to eat from the king's choicest of foods. As I've looked back historically, what that would likely look like was meats like pork and horse that had been sacrificed to the Babylonian gods. And this was something, obviously, you might think a Jewish person like Daniel would not have liked. So Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, let's see what it says. It says, but Daniel was determined to not defile himself by eating the food and wine given to him by the king. He asked the chief of staff, which we find out in verse 3 was a guy by the name of Ashpenaz. That's a pretty cool name, don't you? I love to have name a kid Ashpenaz. You probably wouldn't appreciate it, but anyway. So he asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat those unacceptable foods. I'm going to pause here for a moment. What we're seeing here is that Daniel's issue with the king, it, it isn't time. But he did need to set a boundary with his king, the boss, his boss, regarding his diet. The king could have made Daniel do whatever he wanted, right? But Daniel felt that he was crossing a line with God by dishonoring God in this area of his life by following through on what the king was telling him he was to do. And you know, Daniel's situation, it's not that much different from ours. You see, other people were wanting something from him, like the king, and they were in conflict with what Daniel wanted for his life. And he realized in that moment he had to cheat somebody. He had to either cheat his earthly king, Nebuchadnezzar, or he had to cheat his heavenly king. Now, what I love the most about this story this morning is how Daniel handled it. It's a great example for us when we need to draw boundaries with people who are asking more of us than we're willing to give. You see, Daniel, as we're going to see in this story, Daniel doesn't just stick out his chest and say, listen here, king, here's the deal. Here's how this thing is going to roll, right? But rather than succumbing to the pressure of his boss, rather than just listening to the loudest voice in his life, Daniel taught us 
in Daniel chapter 1 how to cheat. Let's take a look at this. The first thing, there's three things that I see here that Daniel can teach us about how to cheat and who we choose to cheat. And the first one is in that verse 8 as he teaches us that we need to first make a decision. I'm going to read this verse again. It says, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. You know, there's another translation of this verse where it says, Daniel resolved in his mind. Another one that says, Daniel made up his mind that he was going to make, bring, bring a change. You see, with each one of us, when change like this needs to happen, when we decide who we're really cheating and we want to change that, at some point we have to come to a place of saying, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm done with the way this continues to play itself out. Because it doesn't seem to matter which day or which week or which month of the year. Things just seem to keep going as they are. And so there comes a point with each one of us where we have to make a decision like Daniel did that says, you know what? This is going to change. Now, I'm sure Daniel knew what was going to happen if he bucked his boss or his supervisor, Ashpenaz, right? You see, Daniel wouldn't just be out of a job. He'd be out of his life, right? And at this point, Daniel didn't know how, but he, he knew the what. He knew what he had to do. And so he resolved in his mind he was going to make a change, even though perhaps he didn't fully know how. You know, it reminds me of a, of a lady here at Grace, a mom and a grandma here at Grace by the name of Carol. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm not quite there to that point in the message. Could you just hang on for like five minutes? It looks like you're doing great. Your right arm could use a few more curls, though, I think. Maybe just work it a little bit. I promise I'll be back to you. Um, so I was telling you about Carol. She's an amazing lady. She's part of our community here at Grace. She works full-time. And she also helps care with her daughter for her four-year-old grandson. Recently, she was approached by her boss. And she was offered a better job with better pay. Which was going to help Carol out a lot. But it came with a catch. The boss says, this is going to be a wonderful opportunity for you. Your pay increase is just going to be significant. But here's what I need to ask of you. I need you to work five days a week now instead of four. Because of this, the nature of this job, I'm going to really need you here Monday through Friday rather than Tuesday through Friday. And as Carol heard her boss share this with her, the answer to the question was simple. The answer was no. You see, on Mondays, Carol takes care of her four-year-old grandson while her daughter's at work. And that was a non-negotiable for her. But, the boss, and the, but her boss said, you know what, this is going to be such a great opportunity for you, Carol. I, I don't want you to miss out on this. It's okay. I'll be fine without it. I'll be fine. A few days later, her boss calls her at home again to say, all right, Carol, you've got it. Four days, not five. When can you start? You see... She, could, she had the opportunity in that moment to cheat. To cheat someone that she loves. And she decided to say no. Now, if she hadn't drawn that boundary, if she, wasn't, if, she was, if she hadn't come to a place where she said, I'm not willing to cross this line, it would have been easy to cave, right? 
to get the opportunity she was going to have, but she chose otherwise. Now, maybe you're retired and you don't have a boss in your life anymore that's telling you what to do. Maybe it's something else. Maybe for you it's a hobby at times. It tends to sap a lot of your time. You know, I was talking to a friend just a couple of weekends ago. I was hiking on Rincon Peak. And he was telling me that he had just bought a, another Jeep. He had one already, but he bought another one. And he said, I bought this Jeep for a steal. He says, you're not going to believe it when you see it. This is the nicest Jeep I have ever seen in my life. It looks better than brand new. And I said, well, you must have paid a fortune for it. He says, no, I got it for a song. I said, how did you, how did you pull that off? He says, I'm thanking the guy's wife for this. His wife had just told him, listen, you've got to make a choice. It's either the Jeep or our marriage. You pick. You see, the guy works full-time for the city of Chandler, but his job wasn't the problem. The problem was the Jeep. The Jeep was like his baby. He had poured over 1,000 hours into this thing. 1,000 hours. He had lifted it three times. It was immaculate. He wouldn't even let anyone else touch it to do repairs. I mean, even when he wanted to get the oil changed, he wouldn't let anyone else do the oil change because he was afraid they were going to dent the pan. And so he would even do that himself. And what, he, what his wife came to realize was that she was being cheated. She wasn't being cheated by a boss, another boss. She was being cheated by the vehicle in the garage. And she says, you got to pick. Some of you today, you need to make a decision. A decision to stop cheating those that you love the most. I get it. Sometimes it's hard, especially at work. You don't know what the answer to the problem of your time might look like. But imagine this scenario with me, if you would. Imagine going home, if this is you, and you're struggling with this idea of work. Imagine going home and sitting down with your family or with those you love this afternoon and saying, Listen, listen, I'm done with this. I'm done with this pattern, with this routine and behavior that I've established for so long. I promise, I don't know how yet, I don't know how I'm going to fix this, but I am going to fix this. I'm choosing you. You are most important in my life in the discussion. I'm going to figure out how to stop bringing work home. I'm going to figure out how to stop taking so many trips away with work. Somehow, I'm going to give you my word. I'm figuring this out. I'm choosing you, period. Now, the first thing, as I said, that Daniel had to do was he had to make a decision. The second thing that Daniel had to do was that he had to make a plan. He had to make a plan. Turn with me, if you would, to verse 10. Seriously, dude. This is getting pretty heavy, man. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. Josh, this is taking me a little bit longer than I was expecting. I'm really sorry. My, I've got this thing going on at work right now, and it's kind, of, it's kind of distracting me a little bit. But I promise you are my priority, honey. I will get back to you. I will bring you some flowers when I get home. I promise. Could you just hang on for me for just a little bit longer? You look like you're doing all right. So I'm going to get back to you, I promise. Verse 10. But Daniel responded, I'm afraid of my lord the king who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and then compared to the other youths of your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. 
Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who were eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. See, Daniel took the time to figure out a plan. One that worked for him and one that worked for his supervisor too. It was kind of a win-win situation. It wasn't a great plan that Daniel had, to be honest, but it was the best one he was able to come up with at the time. And he said to his boss, would you just test me? Can we just try this out for a few days and see if this won't work for you and for me? You know, without knowing the ins and outs of your job, if you're working, I'd wager that there are other factors that affect your success as much as or more than your time. Figuring out what those are can work to your advantage. If you need to set a boundary, what are you willing to do? Just saying, I'm going to spend more time at home, that's not going to work, I promise you. That's not specific enough. That's not a plan, that's a wish. The more specific you are, the easier it will be to follow through and the easier it will be for others to hold you accountable. Daniel's boundary was pretty specific. No meat from the king's table, ever. It was his non-negotiable. Let me ask you this morning, what's your non-negotiable? When it comes to those that you love that you don't want to cheat, where do you draw the line? How do you draw the line? Do you draw the line? Maybe it means listening to those that you love and saying, what changes do you need me to make? Maybe, maybe the things that they share with you, maybe they'll be impractical, they won't make sense, I, I don't know. But are you willing to listen with an open mind to what they have to say? So Daniel made a decision, he made a plan, and here's the last thing he did that I don't want us to miss. Daniel trusted God to respond. You see, Daniel did what he thought God was leading him to do, and then he trusted God with the rest. You see, there was no good reason for Daniel's plan to work, honestly, but it did, in part because he trusted God. Look at verse 15. It says, at the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned to the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the specific ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. The text indicates here that something divine happened. In verse 17, it says that God gave Daniel an unusual aptitude for understanding. His plan, as crazy as it was, it actually worked. Now, if you're drawing boundaries around a hobby, something that you can control, that's one thing. But for this to work with someone else, like a a boss, why not trust God with the situation you're going through? Why not seek God's blessing? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Josh. 
what, what happened? What, what's the problem? I can't hold it anymore. It's too heavy. What just happened here? Do you think I've been stringing you along in this process? Actually, I have. Would you give my buff spouse a hand? <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Here's my point. Some of you, you have people in your life that you've handed a weight to. And you've made them carry it around for far too long. There came a point in your job or somewhere, something else in your life, maybe it was a hobby that you got a little bit too interested in, and you went to the person that you loved the most, and maybe you didn't even realize it, but you said, here, would you carry this for me? Would you carry the weight, the responsibility of my being a mother, a father, a husband, a wife, a friend? Would you carry it for just a little while? And I'll get back to you. I promise I'll make it up to you. And you forgot about them. And you continued going about your life, focusing on yourself. And the person that you love, that you handed this weight to, whether it was intentionally or not, I bet they gladly took the weight. And you know why? Because they love you. And they want to do everything they can to see you succeed. But sooner or later, as weeks turn into months and months turn into years, this weight becomes a little bit too heavy. And you don't realize they're carrying it, but trust me, you realize it when the weight drops. When we miss out on those important little moments in life with those we love, they're left bearing the weight. When we find ourselves constantly talking about the future rather than the past or the present, we're making them carry the weight. When we assure them that things are going to change and they don't change, they're left carrying the weight. Sometimes we can get so focused on ourselves, we forget how heavy the load is that we've passed off. But it's unmistakable, as I said, when it truly drops. Maybe you're just trying to survive, and maybe you have a dozen reasons why things will change in the future, but they haven't been able to change. And maybe you can justify with all the pro- you know, by sharing all the things that you're going through, and that's great, but what are you really doing about it? As my wife has told me at times in the past, I don't need your words, I need your actions. See, there have been times in my past when my wife, my real wife, by the way, has called ministry my mistress. That's been that place in my life where I have cheated And thankfully, that hasn't happened in quite a while. But from time to time, trust me, she will tell me if she's feeling cheated. Guys, here's the point I'm trying to make. I hope it's coming out clear. Every day, you choose to cheat. You do. You're a cheater. (laughs) Whether you like it or not, we have to be. That's the world we live in. But do you know who you're cheating? And is it the people that you want to cheat is it your spouse is it your boss is it yourself what would those you love say to you if you asked them that question how would they respond how would they say that you're doing guys i love you too much 
to not press into this. I share this with you as my wife would be the first to attest to you out of personal experience, out of personal pain. There have been times in my life, in my past, when I have pressed in too hard because I love what I do. I love being a pastor. I, lo- I, I would not trade what I do here in this place for the world. I want you to know that. But at the same time, I know that that, that passion that is in me comes at a cost. And sometimes it's come at the cost of my wife and my son and my daughter. And I don't want that for you. So when you get home, I'd like for you to ask the ones you love a question. Are you carrying any weight for me? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity this morning to dig into your word. Lord, I thank you for how the example that Daniel set a few thousand years ago still pertains to us today. Each one of us, we have to figure out who we're going to cheat. And uh, Lord, I pray that we will be making a wise decision when it comes to that each and every day. Lord, help us in those moments when those outside pressures seem to be getting too difficult. And we're having a struggle figuring out how to make the decision or how to make the plan. God, would you bring people around us to help us figure that out? God, would you forgive us for those times when we've disappointed others that we love? Would you give us the courage to ask for forgiveness of those that we love as well? Perhaps even this afternoon or tonight. God, some of us in this room right now, I know that this is an uncomfortable place. This is an uncomfortable message because it's been a place that we haven't been willing to deal with for a long time. God, would you help us? Would you give us the mercy and grace to be able to figure this out together with our families and those we love? Lord, also, I just want to lift up to you those in this room who maybe, maybe they're here this morning and, or maybe they're listening online and they've never said yes to you. They've never made you the top priority in their lives. If, if that's you here this, and you're here this morning and you would say, Dave... You know, I, when, when you talk about priorities and putting people first, you know, I honestly, I'd have to say I've never really put God first like you're explaining this morning. I just want to ask you, what would it look like for you to choose to cheat on everyone else for the, um, at the expense of putting God first? The one who created you and loves you far more than you will ever imagine. If that's you this morning and you want to make a commitment, maybe a commitment even like that, to put God first, I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me in the silence of your heart. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I confess this whole priorities thing has gotten mixed stuck in my life. It hasn't been the way I've intended it to be. God, I ask that you would come into my life even now, that you would forgive me of those things, those ways I've disappointed you in the past. As I confess that you, Jesus, are my Savior and my Lord. God, I want to put you first from this point forward. And God, I ask that you would help me to be able to prioritize those I love beyond that. In Jesus' name, amen.